This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dojo Live. Today is Thursday, January 28th, 2021. This is the last show for the week, and I am Tulio Sergusa, broadcasting live from Southern California. I'm joined by Kim Lantis in Hermosillo, Mexico. Hi, Kim. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. And Carlos Ponce from Cornavaca, Mexico. Thank you guys for uh, being here today. And of course, uh, why do we do this? We want to talk to some, some awesome tech luminaries who are shaping the market. You know, I always say you can read a Gartner report or you can talk directly to the people making the market happen. And that's what we do here. So welcome, Beth. This is your second time on Dojo Live. Good to have you. Or I think you're from you're broadcasting from Boston. It's good awesome. to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. It's uh, it's a pleasure. So, Beth, uh, before we get into the topic today, which is an interesting topic about uh, cross-functional team collaboration and AI, before we get into the topic, let's um, let's reintroduce you to the audience. The audience has grown since the last time we had you, so it'd be great for them to get to know you a little bit, and then we'll talk about your company, Riff Analytics. But first, let's get to know you a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Beth Porter, and... Um, Riff Analytics is uh, one of my many uh, uh, sort of endeavors. Uh, it's my primary endeavor, but I'm also a uh, college instructor at Boston University. I teach IT strategies there to MBA students at night. So these are students who are coming back to school in the evening and completing that work alongside with their jobs. Um, it's an awesome, awesome experience, and I enjoy it so much. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm always uh, involved in other ed tech sector um, activities. But um, my primary love and the thing that I do is uh, is Riff Analytics and um, learning as we go how teams work better together and how that is the core way in which companies are successful by advocating for collaboration, fostering teams and team development, and rewarding people who uh, have that as a priority in their in their jobs and uh, working with both uh, learning institutions to teach that skill set, but also uh, working with corporations to uh, help measure and learn uh, while you're still at work. Excellent. So tell us a little bit how Riff Analytics came to be. What sure. gave birth to this uh, company? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Um, so we, um, I, I was a school teacher. I, I taught middle school, high school, college. I taught math. That was my primary. My first love uh, was really excited about that as a career. And I moved to Boston and um, I took up with some developers. Uh, I moved over into the software sector because it was really heating up when we first got here. And it looked like a much more attractive sort of professional prospect than teaching at the time. I said, oh, I'm going to try this for a couple of years. It's going to be great. And then I'm just going to go back to teaching. Be fine. 25 years later, I'm still in the software industry, and I've been able to some you know combine teaching uh, with software. But in all of that time, I thought you know always about the teaching practice and why there's so much to learn from teaching. Like you're not just the teacher, but you're also the learner all the time. And one of the things that you do to foster a learning environment in your classroom is to do peer learning and collaboration. It was a core interest of mine from the very, very beginning. I always had my students in teams. I 
always had them thinking about how to create ways of learning from each other and not just from me. And I still do that today. So I was really interested in that problem. I was working at edX as the head of product and, and, and in part of engineering there. And I met some people from MIT who were also interested in this problem, but from a completely different angle. They were very interested in how organizations work and organizational behavior and organizational theory and applying uh, uh, you know, mathematics techniques to social science to learn about organizations. And in particular, how small teams work how they're effective, and what you can measure and know about small teams in order to make them more effective. So we sort of saw each other and we're like, oh, it's the same problem. You're solving that problem. So am I. We're both looking at that problem. We got super excited about it. And so we worked together at MIT for a while, and then we uh, brought the, um, the RIF product out of the lab. Excellent. So why RIF? There's got to be some background oh, behind the name there. There 100% is. It's from music. So if you think of a group of people who are together making music, uh, they, they riff off of each other, right? Somebody mm. plays a guitar, um, you know, sort of uh, part, and then somebody else in the band is listening to what they've played, and they're like, oh, I can pick up on that, right? So originally from jazz, but lots of bands really uh, practice this form of, of riffing off of each other in all uh, all musical types. So that's that's where it comes from. I love it. When teams work well together, it's like a symphony. So uh, let's go right into the topic today. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, Kim, are you introducing the topic? Sure, thank Please you. Honestly, honestly, I think Beth introduced it really well already. Um, the topic of choice today is using AI to improve how cross-functional teams communicate. So Riff, I'm sure is the link to the AI piece. But before we get to the AI, AI piece, um, I wanted to ask you why it matters, right? Why should companies and teams, first of all, what is cross-functional communi team communication and why it matters? Um, I'll, I'll do a little bit of all of what you just asked me about. Um, why collaboration matters, uh, I think, it should be evident, but I think in some situations it doesn't always seem evident why collaboration is important. Why we value collaboration is because we can't solve the problem well by ourselves, right? This is the whole, like, if you just want to get down to, it's not about, you know, the culture or a mandate or any, any of that stuff. It's just because you cannot effectively and completely solve a problem all by yourself. So collaboration is a means to an end in a way. But one of the things that really effective collaboration does is that it not only helps you solve the original problem you set out to solve, right? So I was like, hey, I didn't know a thing. I had to go to Carlos and ask him a bunch of questions. And we sort of went back and forth and we collaborated on solving the problem. And then I went back and I was able to finish my job. Or maybe I, all four of us sat down together and we said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I'm bringing you together because you all know things I don't know. And so we're going to solve it together. So really, it comes down to that very fundamental problem. Why we focus often on cross-functional teams and not you know, vertically integrated or small teams, although it doesn't really matter because everybody's got problems to solve, um, is that cross-functional teams are often solving very complex problems that require them to look across the organization or the domain to be able to solve them. And so the impetus for taking a collaborative approach is really high. Right? There's literally no way you can do it without involving the others. And so cross-functional teams are you sort of a unique uh, 
monster, a unique animal, a unique, you know, sort of space of collaboration because the nature of the problem is usually really, really complicated and, and the driver for solving the problem is there uh, with other people. So one of the things you talked about um, or you introduced as part of the topic was this idea of real-time diagnostic feedback, uh, mm -hmm. specifically in virtual meetings and how that can promote healthy collaboration. So I, I'm curious, first of all, what did, are you suggesting that the technology tracks how people collaborate with each other? And how do you actually identify the key things to give feedback on? How does it work? Give us a little bit more, please. Sure. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Real-time diagnostic feedback. <laughs> I realize that's uh, weighty, so let me let me <laughs> break it down. So the real-time really does mean real-time. If we were all together in a RIF meeting and we were collaborating on something, we would have a uh, meter in the corner that actually shows who's dominating and who is uh, less participatory at that time. And our um, sort of job with respect to that meter is to not have it dominate our perception, but to have it in the side view to note that at this moment, I'm dominating, I'm speaking a lot, and maybe I haven't invited Kim into the conversation. Or, you know, uh, Tulio, you you haven't spoken in several minutes. And, um, you know, I have a, at least a peripheral awareness of the fact that there is uh, imbalance. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of research shows that imbalance in conversations, particularly ones in which the primary driver is collaboration, the primary driver is information sharing, right? And it could be for problem solving or decision making or uh, brainstorming. Um, you need to have a lot of information flow. Everybody's got to participate. So yeah. having that real-time analysis yeah. and that real-time is a really important part of it. Uh, I've got a quick question, Beth. What do you yeah. mean exactly by uh, imbalance? Because I can, I can think of different angles. It could be about uh, either the amount of information shared or, or, or or handled, or maybe the, the the time spent in the conversation, or even the level of authority that uh, you, uh, that uh, is part of that group that is having that communication. Sure. So, what do you mean exactly by uh, imbalance, please? I would appreciate yeah, if you could elaborate. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, in addition to the sort of the more obvious one, which is speaking time, right? So. If I dominate the entirety of a call that I convene in which I was hoping to get information from others, I've done a poor job of balancing the communication just at a fundamental level, right? Speaking time. And even more than speaking time, which is just raw minutes, uh, we track something that's called uh, turns. And, and turns are important because if I simply have 20 minutes of speaking time and then you have 20 minutes of speaking time, Carlos, and then Tulio has 20 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. And we all have even speaking time, but it was a totally undynamic exchange. We just sort of all took our turns and then we walked away. That's not very good information flow. That's broadcast in a structured way with multiple people. So what we're looking at is not just speaking time, but turns. And the more turns and the more dynamism there is in the conversation, the more information flow there is. The second part of it is around the kinds of conversational um, events that we track, and that is um, interruption and affirmation and pausing to some degree. So if I, um, if you're like right now, this is perfect. Uh, Kim is giving me an affirmation. She's nodding. She's saying, 
Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe my glasses didn't let you see my eyes roll up in my head as I was going through and making sure I understood what it was that you said. Oh, what like, happens, oh okay, I get someone, it. What happens if someone on the screen starts doing this? Oh well, that's only <laughs> negative affirmation. <anyway. laughs> um, but if you just take the spoken, let's say we'll set aside the facial gestural, and I just wanted to point it out because you you did it in such perfect timing. Um, but if you just take the spoken affirmations that somebody gives you, right? They say, oh, or uh-huh, or hmm, or I don't know. You know, all that stuff is just social signaling that tells you that they're engaged. They don't have to agree with you. Don't let the word affirmation throw you. It's just that they're they're paying attention. They're giving you the verbal signal that they're paying attention. Let's say that all the time that Carlos speaks, I'm always like, oh, yeah, hmm, interesting, cool, that's great. And then when I speak, Carlos never gives me any feedback of any kind that's another kind of it may not be a negative one but it it is a kind of imbalance right there is less affirmative parity between us and the same with interruption if every time tulia and i speak i always jump on the end of everything he's saying and then he takes a very different and respectful tone with me and never interrupts anything i'm saying Again, it's a piece of imbalance and it is worthy of consideration whether that's a, a respectful and a fully healthy dialogue that's going on between us. Is there any analytics that can happen on the quality of the content as well? Um, I know that right now there's this huge buzzword out there called mansplaining, right? <laughs> Where, um, <laughs> right? And I'm not trying to get all political or anything yeah. here, but is there a way for it to be like so and so had that idea, it didn't get received, and then another person came along with essentially the same idea and it was well received or is that too complicated at this point? It's too complicated for what we're doing right now, but it's an excellent question because in fact, a lot of the ways in which you can um, take, you know, use the measure that we do have and use it as a proxy for the things you're talking about is about the third metric, which is influence. So uh, we have an aggregate metric on the screen after the meeting is over around influence. And so if every single time I speak, you speak, right? Every time, if I'm always affirming you, I'm always interrupting you, I'm always speaking after you, I am very influenced by the things you're saying, either positively or negatively, almost to the exclusion of other people, right? If we saw that pattern, it'd be really evident that there is a very high exertion of influence on on you, um, on me by you. That is a proxy for the thing you're talking about, although not a perfect one. That said, we are moving into speech to text. A lot of what you're talking about is the mirroring of language and the restating of things that may already have been said. Those are th some things we can pick up from um, uh, natural language processing of what's said. As I'm listening, it, it sounds like an engineering marvel what you guys have done. <laughs> so let me just see if I understood. There's a meter that basically sort of gives uh, a temperature on how well the team is collaborating. Let's call it how well they're collaborating. But you have certain science behind how you determine that. And I, and I guess my question is, who determined that science? Is this some kind of, uh, you know, uh, methodology that you guys have adopted that's out there? How is how do you program the system to be able to determine these these very yeah. complex scenarios? Yeah. Uh, how how did you guys do that? Is that where the AI comes in? Please, uh, please. I know this could, we could talk for hours about this, but if you could just at least give us the gist of it, that'd be great. 
yeah, I can definitely give you just this is this is our IP. You know, this is this is definitely uh, the, the 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 science behind the uh, the simplicity of what we represent on screen. So this is um, more than a decade, uh, almost two de now decades of research. Um, some of it out of MIT, and that's sort of the lab, you know, the group that I was in when I was there, and and what you know we came out of the lab after doing a lot of research around these very topics. And uh, many, many people have contributed to that scholarship. And then there are some other organizations that are equally well looking at how do you capture real-time um, data that's meaningful that you can then use to create uh, clusters of different kinds of spoken moments. So this whole idea of what's an interruption? What, what is that? How do you measure that? How do you know? Somebody interrupts you, how do you know it's an interruption? So there's some science there. And then, um, doing some, you know, analytics on uh, measuring the effect. What, wh why do we make this set of assumptions about the spoken moments and their impact? Well, that's all based in predictive analytics and modeling that's been done for many years around what creates effective teams. And one of our co-founders, co Sandy Pentland, is a premier authority on this very topic and wrote a really interesting book, which I all encourage you to read, called Social Physics, which is really the foundational uh, social science, uh, computational social science that sort of underpins everything that we're doing. So we took all that, you know, those years of scholarship and we put it into a, a real-time model. Um, Beth, Beth, let me ask you something. Uh, this morning, when we had a conversation this morning, and we uh, when we we met, we did it. We we did so on a uh, on. That a was on riff. Uh, yeah. Were you okay. Riffing? So was, was, we were riffing this morning. No. <laughs> Carlos and I. <laughs> we were on riff this yeah, morning. Yeah. No. The reason <laughs> why I brought it up is because it's because uh, when the 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 meeting was over, I was able to see to see some um, graphs, some charts, and some information per related to what had just happened. Yes. Okay, so my question is, was that Riff Analytics in action, or yeah, what happened? Riff Analytics in action. There. It's exactly it. So oh. that real-time feedback on screen is about just sort of the last five minutes that was happening. And Interesting. That's that, that amazing. That's actually, <laughs> I want to just riff off of that real quick. So <laughs> who gets that report? Is it individualized? Or the the team the entire team sees it. I'm trying to figure yeah. out like who, yeah, because you're basically creating self awareness for each individual about how they're participating and whatnot. So mm -hmm. is it something shared across the team, or yeah. is it individual? How does it how does the you know how do you actually do course correction based on the information? Uh, you you got it pretty much actually, uh, Tulio, which is that it's uh, self it's about you. So you get a report about you and your perspective, how much you contributed, what your balance measures were with respect to those things I was just talking about, influence, affirmation, interruption. But the shared parts of that feedback that you get after the meeting is over is the spoken time, which everybody can see, and it's the same for everybody. And we also give a timeline of every single spoken event that happened for the entire meeting so that you can look at it and you can zoom in on it and analyze it and look and see what happened at you know particular junctures in the meeting. But uh, the management doesn't get that. They're not gonna know that in the last meeting, I interrupted you 22 times. I should not do that, but they're not going to know if I did it or not. We give um, we give uh, leaders, uh, managers, you know, the the organization aggregate reports, 
and uh, say, hey, this is what you can see in the gross order, you know, in the, um, the aggregated data across a team or um, a course or a learning experience or executive coaching or whatever the various contexts that we're in, because that's your, that's you, that's your data. That's very personal. And we really take that mm -hmm. sort of privacy approach to um, giving people their own data. Is there, in addition to the reporting and the data that's provided, is there a, a what's next? Is the AI able to help with identifying course correction paths, like suggestions as to what you might do differently or books you may read or Medic exercises? <laughs> it's not, it's, a, it's an excellent question. And we, we get it a lot, actually, Kim. So I'm kind of glad you asked it. it we're not a prescriptive product which means that you're to some degree, and this is, and I'll explain sort of the larger answer in a second here, to some degree you're on your own to take what you've seen in the measurements that we provide and be, you know, become more self-aware and to some degree also more situationally aware. Maybe in a meeting that you and I are in, Kim, alone, we're super dynamic and interruptive and like completely stomp on each other. And we're just like having this very, like this riff off. We're just really, you know, very, very, um, uh, but balanced, but just really interruptive. If we take that same dynamic and we put it into a meeting with four other people, they're going to hate us by the end of the meeting and they're going to wish that one of us would leave. <laughs> so we have to be more, you know, not just self-aware, but situationally aware and, and have the right dynamic for the environment that we're in. And, um, and so that's why a lot of the people who adopt our software are in coaching, learning, development, uh, sales enablement, customer success, all the places where you're trying to get better. And so you want to have more self-awareness and more situational awareness in order to improve. And uh, often a structured program is a great way to do that. It would, it would have been interesting, Beth, um, to use this technology <laughs> with us recently at our um we had uh, this we usually have uh, like an end of year party and all that but this year for obvious reasons we did it virtually so we had several of them and then you had like what i don't know 60 70 80 people at one time having random conversations or or even guided conversations around the topic yeah it, it would have been interesting to see how what the numbers were uh, or what the results were that what the the outcome of that was and just see yeah. You know how we can huh? Some research right. that we did last year was on that, you know, not in a social. Well, no, we've done social ones, too. But some research that we did uh, last year was in a, a course. And the course was a bunch of uh, business professionals who were taking an online course on a technical business topic, you know, for, uh, you know, their own edification and their uh, career acceleration and so forth. And um, the cor course was designed to have not only a broad-based asynchronous environment for them to all chat with each other and build a community, learner community. But they also had Riff as the video tool. And every group was tasked with both ad hoc, get to know each other kinds of activities and structured activities where they could learn how to work together more, um, more collectively. And all of that activity showed us that this feedback mechanism where people are learning about themselves while they're meeting often for the first time, right? The course is a flash formation of people in a community. They don't know each other ahead of time. Uh, it really helps. They gel faster. They come to know each other. They can work more effective collectively. And the outcome is that they perform a lot better in those environments. So you're, you're absolutely right. 
this can help foster that whole uh, dynamic much more readily. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm curious uh, if there's any use cases where just the implementation of this helps the individuals become first more aware of their themselves of you know because some people may interrupt but then they don't even realize they do it right it could be cultural how they were raised could be a number of reasons why they do that so just creating awareness that they're doing it it could be fantastic at this there's a sense of like oh i gotta work on this but i'm curious to understand are there use cases that show the impact that the increased collaboration the improved collaboration the impact that's having on organizations and and how wide of an implementation is recommended so that 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 collaboration can continue to add to more success. I guess I'm just curious to see if I was asking what's the ROI on this in terms of improved, you know, efficiency or improve the output from those collaboration. Mm -hmm. Are there any numbers around that yet? I know that this is still it's early days. Yeah, it's early days on numbers, but I'll give you a uh, I'll give you an anecdotal answer to that. Mm -hmm. There's one uh, customer that we work with that is a um, consultancy, and they're uh, what they're interested in and what matters to them is the uh, this cross what we started with, which was the cross functional nature of a lot of the way that we team at companies, right? It's all in your own team where you start to understand the patterns of interaction and you get to know each other and you're working all the time in both very ad hoc and sometimes structured ways. Your feedback about each other may be very, very informative to help gel the team. But with teams you meet with infrequently over long times, periods of time on disparate topics, there's less of that. And so their goal was to try to create more cross currents in the company, more ways in which people felt compelled to reach out to their colleagues to get those answers to those complex questions, instead of just saying, well, I guess I'm just, it's just me and my team and we're going to figure it out together. So the whole purpose was to create more cross-cultural, cross team cross company uh you know relationships and and that was what they and that was what they sought out to 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 pull off and and they used riff for that i mean it makes sense in some way it's sort of like a fun little game like how's the meter shifting <laughs> and, and i love it so one of the questions i have for you and it's super timely um, given that most of us are working from home these days is that it's for virtual meetings yeah what happens when we hopefully get to go back to our office buildings, to our schools and wherever we are. How's RIF gonna shift? Yeah, I mean, RIF is gonna be what it is, which is a virtual collaboration. And one of the things that um, you know we like about that is that no matter how much we go back to being in our own you know, uh, offices, virtual is not going anywhere. We are gonna continue to meet on video we're going to continue to be, um, you know, uh, at least in part in most companies working from home on some kind of a schedule. Um, and it will, you know, nobody's going to go back to the way it was working before. So we feel good about, you know, having invested in the virtual framework that we're in. Uh, that said, you know, we're not, um, we started as a, a company that, or we started in, in the research lab uh, producing a thing that you wore. And that was how we measured people's uh, vocal data. And that's how we measured conversation. I don't know as we'll go back to making things uh, like that, but 
we don't really care where the signal comes from. So if we partnered with a hardware company to do the analysis behind the scenes, that, that would be an interesting direction for us, actually. Yeah, I don't know that we'll go back to the way it was for a very, 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 very long time, if ever. Um, so I agree, I have, but I think eventually we'll be back yeah, in person, I mean, and I would still be interested you, in this type of tool at the conference that, table. Right? You should give that pendant to every member of Congress and see how they collaborate better. <laughs> uh, they I need it, it badly. Uh, so I'm curious to ask, are there any levers that I can establish? Like, let's say I, I license this. And I'm trying to fix a specific pattern, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Are there any levers? Can you customize specifically what you're trying to get? Like, you know, some people hide out in a meeting and they just sit there and don't participate. Maybe I want to get more participation. Is there a lever I can establish or it just automatically covers all those things? Yeah, right now it automatically covers all those things. One of the things that we experimented with last year and we weren't happy with the way that it, we didn't, we weren't happy with the interaction pattern, so we're still working on it, is giving individual nudges to people. So right now we have this group nudge, right? It's on screen. And as Kim was saying, I like this, right? You're sort of all collectively responsible for making sure that the purple ball, which is what we have, stays in the middle. Um, but as an individual, uh, Tulia, you're, you're right, right? There might be one person who really needs a nudge to speak up instead of just having the collective responsibility of somebody telling Tulio to speak up. And so when we get that interaction pattern right and it doesn't feel too invasive because that's what people complain about, they're like, ah, it's a little disruptive. Uh, then we were, we're, um, we want to introduce or reintroduce nudging back to, to individuals. I like it. I like it a lot. Carlos, did you have a question before we're, we're coming up on time? No, no. No, not really. Question, uh, not really, uh, Tulio. I don't have any more questions. I've I've been fortunate enough to have conversations with Beth before, so we're we're good. And I'm sure the audience are going to have questions. Uh, if they if if there are questions from the audience, and this is just a friendly reminder, you can do so on Twitter, and of course, um, social media channels that we're bro bro broadcasting through. I have one question before Kim has a closing one, and that is. Are there plans to integrate this with other platforms like Zoom or Skype or what have you? Is there where they can license this? Because this is an amazing plug-in, add-on, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That should be on every platform out there, especially if you're in business mm -hmm. or an, mm -hmm. an educator. This is like a necessity, in my opinion, based on where we are today as a society. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's the plan? Is that in, the, yeah. in motion? Yeah, no. Um, so the marketplace of, you know, whatever one you use and there's you know half a dozen of them teams go to meeting blue jeans you know whichever one you're using uh the idea the very idea that people should want to have the stream to do something interesting with it that's an extension beyond just the video conferencing functions itself that's a new one in the industry so we've seen some emergence of marketplaces for other apps to come in and start to play side by side with these video providers, whose really main job is to make it a pleasant, easy experience that scales anywhere for anyone on any device. So that added value idea that somebody else could come in and add value to the to the ecosystem of a, of a video client, that's new. And so we're paying attention to that. Uh, Zoom has a marketplace and that's sort of ephemeral and you know, emerging and there's a lot of activity there and we're seeing some activity in other places too. So we're not, it's not quite there yet. What we need is really, really a deep 
integration, but it's it's emerging and coming soon. And our, we're we want to do it as soon as the the marketplace is ready for it. We'll definitely keep our eyes open for that. Kim, you got a last question? My last question: If your home is any indication, you're an avid reader. What are <laughs> yeah. you reading, and what do you recommend to us in addition to the book that you've already recommended? I I read a lot oh. of that. <laughs> I read a lot of That's science. A good one science fiction and I read I read just read a book called Annihilation I think it's a couple of years old but my daughter gave it to me for for Christmas and it's great I just I need because everything I do in my workplace is so sort of deep and cerebral I need mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an escapist literature kind of person I like to read books, but I I really do like to read things that are mostly fiction um, it's like I Netflix just, on a page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, need to, I need to escape from the cerebral domain into something that's... Um, I love it. Yeah. I like it. Well, Beth, it's been great to have you. This was very informative. We, we're we going to keep an eye on you and your company. We wish you a lot of success. Definitely a worthwhile service to have, helping teams collaborate better. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want that? So thanks <laughs> for being with us. Just stay with us before we, as we get off the air. I want to remind everyone, we're going to have the recap show on Monday at 12 noon. We recap every show we've done this week in 10 minutes. So we just quickly highlight the key things we've learned. And hopefully for those who didn't watch, get encouraged to go watch those shows. And if you want to watch this or any other show, just go on our site. You can also use the search box for specific topics. Uh, There's out of 400 interviews, chances are there's something that interests you that you're going to find. We have an incredible rich library of the people actually creating the marketplace, talking directly to the audience. So check it out and you can learn about the movers, the movers and the shakers. shakers. So what do we got coming up next week? I know we're way over time today. Thanks for bearing with us a little extra time. It was worth it. What do we got coming up next week besides the recap show, Carlos? Absolutely. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, RJ Stevens, the CEO of AirDeck, uh, which is a platform to create shareable presentations with narrated voice and video. And, and also on the following day, <clears throat> that's that's going to be on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we're going to be speaking with, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Tuesday, RJ Stevens at AirDeck. And then Wednesday, we'll be speaking with none other than Tatiana Mamut and that she is a transformational technology technologist, uh, keynote speaker, product product innovator, the works. So both are gonna be happening as ever as 12 noon right here on Dojo Live. 12 noon Pacific right here on Dojo Live. So stay tuned for those. Thanks everyone, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Thank Bye. you. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.